Repent. Repent. Do you love it? I'm sorry. Do you love it when a street preacher uses a bullhorn? Yeah, no? Yes. No. I Listen, I love Jesus, but I do not like it uh, when a guy with a bullhorn calls me to repent. And, you know, because I've, ne- I've never had the thought, oh, you know what? I'm a preacher, too. I bet we have a lot in common. I've never had that thought. My first thought is, get me out of here. Um, uh, when I was living in Birmingham, uh, Alabama, there was a preacher with a big van who set up on the big highway by the Walmart parking lot every Saturday. Every Saturday, uh, even during college football season. In Birmingham, y'all, that's a big deal. Big deal. He had about 20 or 30 signs that he would put up around his van by the the, uh, side of the road. And uh, Bible verses that uh, call, you know, and calls to repent and things. And he had two giant speakers giant speakers that he would use to preach to those who were stopped at the stoplight uh, if they hadn't rolled up their windows or turned their music way, way up. And I want to say, I'm not about to say that God does not call people uh, to that ministry, preachers like that, that they're not called by God. I'm not about to say that. Uh, on some level, I would say I admire their courage, their conviction, their willingness to obey God. And I am sure that there must be, there has to be somewhere, people who began a vibrant, joyful relationship with Jesus Christ because a preacher called them to repent using a loudspeaker. I've never met those people. But if I did meet them, I would give thanks for them and, and for their faith. And God can use any means he wants to to reach his people, to start a relationship of faith. I'm just saying to you tonight that I don't particularly like to be the recipient of that kind of ministry. It might just be my own insecurity, but it kind of feels to me like somebody who does not know me is telling me what a bad person I am and that I should be more like them. And to me, that's kind of a yucky feeling. And I'm only telling you all this Because that might be the baggage that I would be tempted to bring to this gospel passage where Jesus begins his ministry saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I sort of picture Jesus anachronistically with a bullhorn in his hand on a street corner while I'm frantically rolling up my windows. But like I said, that's my own baggage. Because this passage from Matthew actually tells us that repentance is good news. Repentance is good news. And I would say there are at least three things in this passage that suggest to us that Jesus does not have a bullhorn in his hand. Three things that suggest to us that his call to repentance may not be judgment that we don't want to hear, but rather is an invitation to the life that we long for. Repentance is an invitation to the life that we long for. And at least on the lips of Jesus, repentance is good news. 
Repentance is good news. So three things in the passage. Light has dawned. Number two, nets are left. Number three, sickness is cured. Light has dawned. Nets are left. Sickness is cured. First, light has dawned. Now our passage catches Jesus at the very beginning of his ministry. He's about 30 years old. He was baptized south of here in the Jordan River uh, by John the Baptist. He went out into the Judean wilderness to be tested and tempted uh, for 40 days and 40 nights by the devil. And now he's setting up shop for his ministry. And he knows that it's time to set up shop for his ministry because John the Baptist has been arrested. The one who was Preparing the way of the Lord has been removed, so the way has been prepared, and this time for the Savior. And Jesus establishes his home base in a little fishing village on the north side of the Sea of Galilee called Capernaum. And Matthew sets up this home base at Capernaum with a quote from Isaiah. And it, you might have recognized this passage when we uh, when I read it in the gospel passage. Uh, it's a passage from Isaiah that we uh, use almost every Christmas time. It's the passage that prophesies, Unto us a child is born, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. you remember this passage? It is, to be sure, a messianic passage, uh, a passage about the coming of Christ. But Capernaum is in the part of Galilee, right where the old Hebrew tribes of um, Zebulun, remember there were 12 tribes, but the two of them, Zebulun and Naphtali, had staked out their claim for their tribe many, many generations before Jesus. But it was right there, right by Capernaum. And so 700 years before Jesus, Isaiah was speaking prophetically to these Hebrew tribes, Zebulun, and Naphtali, and he says to these tribes that into the darkness of the world, a light is going to break forth from you, from your spot, right where you are. Now, most of you, I would imagine, have experienced at some point the wonder of a sunrise, it's rising up over the horizon. You can just see the top of the bright red sun peeking over, maybe it's the uh, ocean horizon or a, um, a mountain range or something, and, and you know, it's been dark and it's been cooler, but the light is dawning, it's rising, it's shining with increasing intensity, and it tells you that it's about to get sunny and warm, and light is coming. And that's the image that Isaiah takes up to talk about the Messiah coming into the world, the sunrise, the spiritual light dawning over the dark horizon, bringing warmth and life to everything that was formerly shrouded in darkness. And that prophecy of Isaiah is what Matthew holds up to say that Jesus is the one. The beginning of the ministry of Jesus is the sunrise. Right? The, the light peaking above the horizon, warmth, is on its way. And Matthew 
sees complete, total continuity between the joyful anticipation of dawning light and Jesus' first words in ministry, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. If we bring our own baggage, we might think that the call to repent is sort of a plunge back into darkness, right? It's a, it's a sort of a hammer of shame. But no. Repentance is an invitation out of the darkness, out of being bound to our own appetites, out of playing the victim mentality, out of guilt or fear or shame. Repentance is a turn to the light. Repentance is good news. So first, light has dawned. And second, nets are left. When Jesus begins his ministry with this sort of, this, you know, as he sp- speaks to people, this broad message to repent. But the way that that call to repent is expressed to individuals is with the call, follow me. Follow me. Because to repent is to follow Jesus. And to follow Jesus is to repent. Now this story about the calling of the first disciples is a well-known story, well-loved story, I think. Jesus is walking by the Sea of Galilee, probably right by Capernaum. He finds these career fishermen, and they're working. They're fishing. They're mending their nets to catch more fish because they're fishermen. In the Gospel of John, this is Matthew, but the Gospel of John tells us that they had, these fishermen had already heard about Jesus. And in fact, Andrew, Peter's brother, had been there when John the Baptist had baptized Jesus and proclaimed that Jesus was the Lamb of God. And John tells us that Andrew even spent some time with Jesus and he came back and he told Peter all about it. So they had heard of Jesus. They would have even recognized Jesus, but could they have been any more surprised when Jesus showed up at their workplace and invited them to join him in his ministry? And there was something magnetic about this invitation, something wonderful, something persuasive, something not to be missed. And even if they couldn't articulate it at the moment, they couldn't explain why it was something that they knew was more more important than anything else. And so they left their careers. They left their livelihood for a new life. They turned from the security of what they knew to the adventure of something totally unknown, but with Jesus. To follow Jesus out of life without him and into life with him is to repent. And you probably know this, but you know the disciples are just regular, hard-working, good old boys. Right? They're just regular guys. They were not, and they were not put off 
by this call to follow Jesus. They were drawn in. They were captivated. They were willing to leave everything that they had known and everything that they had worked for just to get closer to Jesus. They repented. They turned from the old and made themselves available to the new. And they weren't discouraged. They were not ashamed. They were not fearful of judgment. They were honored, overjoyed, and eager because repentance is good news. I wonder what it was that first drew you to Jesus. And you might be, I don't know, you know I don't know where everybody is, I mean, you might be, still be kind of walking through that and struggling. Well, why, what, what makes it attractive or vaguely magnetic? What, what does that call look like? Is it the concreteness of truth? Is it the fact of forgiveness? Is it the offer of a clean slate or the comfort of community? I think I've told you before that for me, as a 15-year-old kid in high school, it was unqualified acceptance that would give me confidence. That's what made the call to follow Jesus magnetic for me. And 33 years later, I, I can remember it like it was yesterday. But you know, sometimes, now, 33 years later, I can kind of get where I take that acceptance for granted. You know, like sometimes I drift away from the call or I get distracted. Sometimes different manifestations of my own selfishness is, are like uh, siren songs. Like just calling, tempting me away, tempting me back. Now just, if, you, if that resonates at all, I just want to offer that the call to follow Jesus is not just a call that gets us through the salvation door. It, it, the call to follow Jesus is every day. It is perpetual. It is daily. It is our whole lives. Are you going to follow me today? Well, how about today? Well, how about now? And how about now? The great reformer Martin Luther said, all of life is repentance. That is, all of life is a turning away from the things that have kept us from Christ and turning to Jesus at his invitation. All of life is a call to adventure through the unknown with Jesus. Repentance is good news. And so, light has dawned, nets were left, and finally sickness is cured. I want you to see how all around Jesus' call to repent, Matthew gives us context that, to show us that repentance is part of the good news. And so as Peter and Andrew, James and John are going around with Jesus, they are seeing amazing things, things that they never thought were possible. Jesus' message is still repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and yet the call to repentance is not shame and self-flagellation, is it? It is hand in hand with the proclamation of good news and the curing of disease. There are no bullhorns here. It's all grace. It's all the kindness of God. Jesus calls them to repent, to turn 
from what they, uh, to turn to what they have longed for. Yeah, there's a sense in which everything that keeps us away is actually just trying to fill the desire that only God can fill. We're looking for beauty, we're looking for love, or whatever it is. The call to repent, the call to turn to Jesus, the call to live the life that we long for. And whether they knew it or not, that life was a life of faith in Christ. And so to these people, he says, here, let me help you out with that. And he cures every disease and every sickness among the people. Now, I think on some level, I wish that this was a promise of healing of every disease and sickness for us. That'd be great, wouldn't it? In, a, in, a, in an eternal sense, it might even be better. Because it's sacramental. These outward and visible, physical healings that we read about are signs of inward and spiritual healing that we all receive in Jesus. As we turn to the light, we are declared whole. We are declared completely forgiven. We are declared unabashedly accepted. We are declared thoroughly loved and eternally justified. Not because of what we have done for Jesus, but because of what Jesus has done for us in his life, in his death, in his resurrection. Repentance is good news. And so friends... Repent! It's kind of fun. Maybe that's why they do it. (laughs) Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand because the king of heaven is calling to you and to me every moment of our lives. Each moment of our lives, may we turn from the darkness which tempts us and turn to the light which loves us. And when we falter, may we turn again and repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And repentance is good news. Amen.